there was a whole Twitter saga about Bean Dad. This okay. guy went viral because he. Uh, <laughs> I'm, he... I'm uncomfortable already. <laughs> no, he so. <laughs> He went viral with this whole story, and the story was essentially that he uh, his kid was hungry, so yeah. we gave him a can of beans. Okay. Um, I think like, I think like baked beans or something. I was gonna say it's got to it's, it's in America. It's got to be baked beans. I think it might have been Canada, but still. okay, okay, North America, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. <laughs> yeah. um, regardless, uh, it turned out that the kid did not actually know how to open a can. So rather than teaching his kid how to open the can of beans, he sat there and live tweeted his child's struggle with opening the can of beans for like six hours. Uh, What? All the while his child was just hungry. Like, I don't get it. And it was just like, you know, he's getting a kick out of it, detailing the whole, like, all of his, all of his kids, like, struggles and frustrations and how, like, now he's, now he's just crying and banging the can on the counter. And it's like, all right. And it was real? Like, it, it wasn't just some fake tweet crap, like, that trying to get... I think there was video. Holy crap. Um, I didn't pay, like, super close attention to it. I heard about a lot of it after the fact. Sure, sure. But... Yeah, it's, I'm pretty sure it was real. And then people looked That's into it and it was people. like, oh, this guy's actually a garbage person in general. Oh. Like, they he does a... he I forget who he's connected to, but he's like... He does a podcast with someone, like, relatively notable. Okay. And then they started, like, digging into, like, his social media posts and stuff. And they're like, oh, no. Mm. Oh, no, this person's garbage. And it's just like... How, like, you couldn't figure that out from the fact that he let his child starve for an entire day for funny tweets? Yeah, that, no, that's gross. That's actually, like, that's gross to me. That's, that's really terrible. It's, 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 I mean, it's, it's not as bad as, or I mean, it's, it's worse than this, but I also don't like the people that are filming their kids, like, crying for some reason. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I remember there was one where somebody, it was like their second like they're having another kid and the kid was kind of little and didn't quite understand what was why there was another baby there or whatever. Yeah. And rather than just talking to the kid, they were just filming him and then asking him questions while he was crying. It's like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, hold your kid. I don't I don't know why you're not talking to them or yeah. explaining to them the situation. Like they're not being replaced or what like I I don't I just don't understand man's inhumanity to man. <laughs> like, yeah. There are there are when it comes to kids there are like I will admit to um I, I forget what type of social media account it was, but there was there was an account, it was uh, it was like a Twitter account or possibly an Instagram or something, and it was yeah. just why is my son crying? <laughs> okay. But it's all like it's all like really weird, like unnecessary stuff. Like I put the spoon in the sink. No, 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 that's, that's, if it's, if it's a tweet or an, cause that could just be an afterthought. It doesn't necessarily yeah. mean you're it doesn't, like filming it and then putting it on the internet yeah. for the rest of eternity. Like this, this, these kids, I, I don't get it because maybe we just, maybe they don't understand it yet. Or maybe it's just, I'm, I, I it's not part of what I would ever want, but like these kids are going to be in high school someday. Mm-hmm. 
or whatever, or even middle school, and people are going to bring it up and be like, oh, look, at you're that loser crybaby, or you're the, like, whatever, I don't know, maybe maybe it'll work to their benefit for some, but for some, it certainly won't, right? Like, I just, I don't understand why you would, A, put your kid through that when it's easily, like, you know, that's just a normal part of life. Why don't you just talk to your kid, or talk, like, figure out what's wrong, or yeah. uh, console them, or whatever it is, and then instead you're putting it on the internet for everybody to laugh at. I don't know. <laughs> There's a lot of things that people put on the internet that they should just not. <laughs> well, well, that's true. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a big statement, but I mean, like specifically related to your kids, like, oh, yeah. here's my here's my naked baby photo. Jesus Christ! That was put on that was put on Facebook when I was three weeks old. Now everyone can see it forever. I didn't. Yeah, I guess people would do that. Sure. Yeah. Nothing. I've, I've seen them. I am I am directly connected to people who have granted I have spent like a grand total of like less than 30 minutes on Facebook over the last like year and a half. Sure, sure. So and that's been really nice, actually. Yeah. But yeah, the best thing I ever did was was stop using pretty much all social media. It's It's made me not not see the stuff that we're talking about now like whenever i don't know six years ago or something it's like i don't i don't want to know what i don't want to know what terrible stuff people are doing that's not actually necessarily you know they're not murdering <laughs> so it, it there's a lot of people that would say it's not that terrible but for me it just brings me down <laughs> yeah no absolutely like it's, i think more than ever especially over the last like four or five years for no particular reason yeah it has been uh it has been a an act of like self-preservation to just step away from social media for a bit and just not just not have that wearing you down every single day. <laughs> the internet, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> that being said, as a you know, the the internet itself has some affordances that I as Oh a, no no that I, I as a content content creator cannot really afford to uh to ignore i'm not saying that i don't think the internet's bad at all that there, so there's this article that floated around a bunch of years ago saying that google was making everybody stupid um and how uh you, you know people may not have the the same attention span for things or how nobody's reading it was literally like how no one's reading war and peace or something or how the internet oh, yeah. has caused people not to be able to do this and the author of the article is like lambasting the internet and the the only reason it was ever popular is because it was shared through people's gmails uh, and internet like threads and all this stuff. So it's like, yeah, yeah, we hate the internet, but it's the only reason I have any uh, traction on in the right. world. <laughs> so oh, it's, um, let me use the internet to criticize the internet. Well, and it's and it's it, which which could be all right, but his the, all of the the reasoning behind what he said is kind of stupid because just because you don't want to have to remember certain things or you know you can look them up or maybe maybe it's not even that the internet is making us stupid maybe it's making us not just blurt things out because we're like oh maybe I should check because I because you have the ability to check whereas before you would just say it and not think about it right like it could be right. a whole other aspect that we don't really understand why the quote unquote we have lower attention spans or worse memories or whatever. But, but the, the best part was when he was saying how, I, yeah, I can't even read long books anymore because of the internet. It's like, well, maybe you just don't want to read long books. Like I don't, and, and getting yeah. information in short bite-sized pieces is not bad. I don't, I don't, I just, it was such an odd real or like a conclusion is that the internet's the fault of, of people acting differently, like in, in a negative right. way. And mm, there, sure, there are aspects of it that I don't like, but overall, the internet's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. 
I, I definitely sort of, what's the word I'm looking for here? I sort of shrink back from the whole, like, internet's killing our attention spans. People aren't, because, uh, I mean, I, based on my early career, like, I spent a lot of time around people who were like, the internet killed newspapers. Right, right, right. It's like, well, that's technically true, but that's more a function of newspapers clinging to a business model that benefited them and not bothering to adjust and adapt because anything that was new that threatened them, they just assumed would go away on its own. Well, but it also, that's just life. Like, I'm, I'm sure there was a bunch of carriage people that were really upset that cars were invented. They're yeah, like, I, God, cars just destroyed my family business. We've made carriages for hundreds of years, and now now no one needs a carriage anymore because they're buying a car. You can, like, you can literally you... find historical texts about how the printing press was a was going to <laughs> destroy society because it no longer needed scribes. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. That's, that's, so, so the, the people that are complaining about that stuff, like, yes, you're right. It absolutely was, if the internet didn't exist, newspaper and print media would 100% still be around, obviously. But that's, that's, I hate to say it, it's just kind of part of life. Like, at some point, you're gonna, at, like, every, every, every X number of years, there's going to be a service that's gone now, right? The people that made rotary phones are like, well, crap. Yeah. Or even landline phones in general. Eastman Kodak is in rough is in, is having a is having a tough time right now. Yeah, yeah pictures. <laughs> I mean, so but, yeah, that's you know, their their business model was based on, you know, selling you the camera and then selling you film forever. And then mm -hmm. people found a way to not need film anymore and they were like, "No, you still need film though." We need the film. <laughs> you you need it. You please keep buying the film from us. <laughs> And like you, like you can run that down with everybody. Like taxi companies started going out, started going out of business because Uber and Lyft provided a better service. Well, and what's interesting is with time, it kind of it kind of wraps back around. So when when Pokemon Snap was coming out, there was a, I think it was Fiji or Fuji. I don't know how to say which one it or I don't know which. Wh is it way a camera it's company? Spelled. Yeah, is Fuji? it Fiji? Fuji. Yeah, Fuji. 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 Okay. I don't remember which. I was actually <laughs> I was working in uh, I was working in the Target electronics department, and like one of the biggest things we were selling at the time was digital cameras. So, oh okay, yeah. I I remember a lot of those uh, a lot of those brand names. That makes sense. Um, but they released a um, shoot, what are they called? Oh my, a Polaroid type camera that you know you can print small pictures. And they were they were they were advertising it. There's like a special Pokemon Snap one, which wasn't actually a special version. It just came with like a Pikachu case and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and they they were sold out because everybody wanted to have a taste of the old world, where you're like printing it out and yeah. having your camera and all that stuff. So so these things that are that become obsolete do do end up coming back occasionally for for various reasons, right? Like it's yeah. sort of fun to to Jesse bought to have one of those little, little mini Polaroid cameras, actually. Yeah, we we thought about doing it because we want we wanted to create a uh, we were gonna make like a Pokedex of our own with the pictures that we took. Yeah, and then we were like, this is gonna cost too much money to buy <laughs> to buy the paper, so we decided not to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I you think... need like four hundred pages. Jesse, I think bought it for like conferences and stuff. Yeah, that's a great idea. And and ended up like 
using like some using it for for some pretty cool stuff but i i don't know I, the first time i put pen to paper like and this is different from taking photos but just in terms of like you know writing something down in a physical way or yeah. having like a physical copy of media sure sure like i've been checked out of that world for like 10 years now <laughs> Like the the first thing that I did in terms of like printing something out or or taking a physical photo or writing something on an actual sheet of paper was yeah. playing La Mulana. <laughs> yep, that's right. I remember that. Yeah, and I have like a bunch of notes in my book, but like that's literally the last, the first and last time that I wrote anything of substance down <laughs> in almost a full decade. Yeah. Even at MSU, I was mostly taking notes on my on my computer or my iPad. Yeah, I had one of those um, EEPCs or whatever, the easy PCs, the little mm. baby laptops. I loved using that thing. I don't know what that is. Uh, I think it's just EEPC. Let me. Yeah, it was the Ace. Oh, it was Triple E. That's right. EEPC. Um, was it like what? a? Was it like one of those like tablet desktop hybrids? Mm, no, it's it's literally just a laptop that's mini. I'm I'm oh. linking you a photo of it. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were extremely cheap. Yeah. And a little bit like a netbook. Yeah, that's basically what it was. It was like the okay. first netbook. Yeah, cool. Oh, it actually thing. is listed as a netbook. I think it might be. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah okay. actually gotcha. is a netbook. Yep. I don't know if it's first. Actually, I shouldn't say that, but I know it was a very low cost version of a netbook. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. It's very cute. <laughs> it and, is. And, and when you, when you when you, I would I had a little carrying case for it that was very small. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, fun. I I lugged around a backpack in college, and it got heavy. So, I there's definitely benefit to it being small and cute and mm -hmm. having a little carrying case. Well, anyway, what's your week been like? Or, um, or maybe I should start with uh, welcome to the retro breakdown. True, true. Thank you, it's, thank you for uh, bringing me here today. It's it's E three week, and things are actually happening. Let me check the time. In about six minutes, isn't um, it square? Or is it Gearbox? Uh, Square's or later today. Xbox Bethesda is happening in, uh, at ooh, one. Bethesda. I'd like to see what they're doing, but I don't actually need to see it. Yeah, now, I, I kind of feel talking. the same way about E3. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like I for most of these things, like the benefit of like seeing them at the moment of is that's just a recipe to get your time wasted. So so th there you go. There's there's a thing of the past, right? Like I we've talked about this before, how fun it was to get the magazine or whatever of 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 the e3 event like in the summer i would the next month's magazine that would come out i'd be like oh this is gonna be so sick because you'd mm -hmm. see occasion you'd see some things on the internet but the internet was way 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 different then um and you get hyped for it and it was fun and now that it's now that you can watch it this way i i i don't care about all of e3 mostly because i don't actually care about any of the stories or things that they try to talk about or anything like that. Yeah. I think the best type of presentation is Nintendo, and I wish every single company would just do a Nintendo presentation where it's like, hey, how you doing? We're Nintendo. Here's 10 videos. Bye. Yeah. And then that's it. And they don't, they don't, I don't need any buildup. I don't, I know you, I know you like the, um, uh, Devolver's one. And, and Devolver I can get. Devolver I like just because it is as cynical as I am about yeah. the whole industry. Yeah. And yeah, because don't they have like they? What was I didn't actually watch it, but I there was like a, a pass. It's not. A, I'm guessing it's not a real pass then, right? Like the 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 
then they then they create some sort of game pass or something. Yeah, the the Devolver Max Pass Plus. Yeah, so I'm, I'm guessing that's one of those fake it. things. Here's how they describe the Max Pass Plus in the uh, in the uh, in the video itself. Yeah, um, the Devolver Max Pass Plus is a free is a free pass that you can sign up for that gives you access to game purchases. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> Something, something really dumb. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's literally just like taking the piss out of the current trends in the industry, which is like everyone sign up for our subscription games as a service thing. And yeah, I mean, to to some extent, PlayStation Plus was that basically like it gave you a discount mm-hmm. for buying the thing. But then at least they started giving people free games because they were like, well, this is dumb. And well, then the they were like, well, thing, I, I, I would say gonna... like Microsoft is the closer parallel now because they actually have Game Pass now, which literally is just like Netflix for games. Yeah, but that's that's not a pass to buy a game. That's just a pass to get games for free, right? Like oh, it's yeah, not quite no. the same thing. No, um, like Devolver is like is they're basically like setting it up like it's one of those like you know access passes where it's like you get all these games for free but yeah. really it's just like it's a website where they sell games <laughs> it's right, literally right, right. just the same thing but it's like they referred to it as monetization as a service sure sure <laughs> because yeah of course <laughs> and then they closed the show by uh by offering an nft oh god i hate nfts Yes, they do too. The NFT is a cassette tape, the actual original VHS cassette tape that has the uh, the original recording of that Devolver uh, press conference or whatever the hell you want to call it. Sure. Uh, recorded on it and they broke the tab off so you can't record over it and they've called it a non-fuckwithable tape. <laughs> lol yeah that's that's pretty funny didn't they i i think i because i because i i did click their website mm-hmm. and okay so that was the vhs thing that's what that was got it yeah because i saw that it was there for like a thousand dollars but somebody bought it already or whatever yep. um i think it's sort of funny because they're 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 kind of towing the line on hey we're 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 totally joking. You shouldn't buy this, but also if you want to give us money, you can because we're going to all we're going to we're we're still going to follow the same kind of uh trajectory as other companies by offering things like a devolver suit mm-hmm. right like you can buy like a suit for 500 dollars. right right they're only offering sure maybe they don't actually make that much money on it because they have to produce a physical thing right but it's still sort of funny that they're 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 basically they're they're following the same kind of logic as other companies doing dumb things for money yes but yes. they're but the but they're doing it tongue-in-cheek <laughs> Right, and so then it's then it's, it goes to that that conversation that we had not actually during a podcast, but it's like, hey, if a company is gonna do something shady and stupid, at least do it in front of me. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, like, and like, like you know, you're being swindled because you don't need a a five hundred dollar devolver suit. Yeah, like, and the the whole thing is presented in such a in such a sarcastic like because they're presenting themselves as this like money grubbing corporation. Right, right. And, and they're being completely out in the open about like how they're going to like monetize the monetization. Sure. Right. So they offer these things that don't really have any actual intrinsic value. And they (laughs) straight up say this has no actual intrinsic value, but you're going to buy it anyway, because you know, 
you, the unwashed consumers, which is a literal line they use at some point. <laughs> so it's it's literally like the sad thing is, is that people are actually going to buy that stuff. <laughs> like they are what literally saying the quiet part out loud. Sure, right, right, and that's so that that makes it to to me it makes it better, but it's still sad. Like mm-hmm. that that we're in a state where people are like, oh yeah, throw, give I'll buy that stupid thing for money because it's there. Like I I don't I don't get that, so it's weird. That it's I don't like have a, the kind of money thing? to throw around on a on a meme, but they know that some people do. Yeah. And I mean, to to work it back, it works because Devolver actually is a fair and equitable company when it comes yes. to actual game when it comes to act, the actual games that they release. That's what I've heard. Um, they most of what they sell is just a reasonable one time purchase with minimal if any microtransactions no season pass garbage they yeah. just they just make and publish and sell games and they're actually uh, one of the more exciting things that uh one of the more exciting things they announced yesterday there were some pretty decent games but they Oh yeah yeah um, I didn't even know what 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 did they announce really I don't know any of it so there is a game called, um, this is not actually what I was going to say, but there's oh, a game called uh, Phantom Abyss. No, <laughs> I I'm, 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 side, I'm sidetracking myself. But uh, <laughs> Wow, we never do that. There's, there's one game that's the most exciting. The second most exciting is a game called Phantom Abyss. Mm. And it's kind of like, a, you remember Mirror's Edge? Sure do, yeah. The, uh, it's like, you know, first person parkour. Mm-hmm. It was cool. Okay, so imagine that, but like Indiana Jones, like temple exploration. <laughs> okay, and it is multiplayer. It's Whoa. like a- it's like asynchronous multiplayer, kind of like Fall Guys, except that the other people on the screen, the other people don't actually exist. They're kind of like Dark Souls shades, where they're just sure. kind of in there with you. Can they mess with you? I don't think so. Okay, but um. You basically have like randomly generated dungeons and it is uh single death. Oh, that sounds cool. So like you have basically like one shot at clearing the temple. Right, and right. Yeah, it's like a you can see like you can basically see like the the sort of like Dark Souls blood stain of like where everyone else died so you don't fall into the same traps and you know. Yeah, it'd be really cool up. if if somebody could like roll a boulder on you you know <laughs> if if they if they if the shades could work against you that'd be kind of neat too yeah i i still want a uh like i still want a, a large scale game that's like asynchronous like that where you have someone doing the platforming and then someone like activating the traps and stuff <laughs> yeah i think that would be fun this that i don't think that's this mm-hmm. although i suppose there is potentially uh there's potentially room for it to become that, but this is the the main thing of Phantom Abyss is like you're basically like dungeon crawling and you're doing all this first person parkour to try to get to the to try to get to the treasure in the dungeon, mm-hmm. but there's only one treasure. So the first person to get it is the one who gets it and then that dungeon is closed. Oh, so that's how the shades Ah, that's cool. So you you only have one life, but there's also only one person who can clear each each like temple or dungeon or whatever. See, if if they took that, they could do some really neat things where they could create like community events, I hope, where it's yeah, you yeah. know, like groups of or like people from different 
I don't know if they want to do guilds, they could also just do it by where you live. They could do it, you know, there's a million, it could just be randomly assigned, whatever it is. And then it, as you complete things collectively, you get like secret clues to find other stuff. Like that, that would be, that'd be really neat if they could, they could, they could, you know, take it to, uh, beyond just finishing the dungeon and getting the, the trophy yeah, or whatever. I assume that'd be neat. Because the, uh, it, it sounds like it's going to be fairly difficult to actually clear a temple. Yeah, that makes sense. And so I assume that most people, much like Fall Guys, aren't going to have a whole lot of actual, like, wins and, like, full successes. Right. So I'd be in, I'll be interested to see what they do to, like, sort of breadcrumb you and, and make you feel like you're still making some progress, even if you don't win all the time. Oh, that's right. They have to do something unless it's a pure, like, rogue, uh, rogue light, right? Yeah. Rogue like is the one where stuff carries over. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that's true. Maybe they'll they'll probably have something to to make you feel like you're some you're kind not of wasting. some kind of you know XP or some kind of you know some <clears throat> kind of currency that you can buy stuff with. Yeah. Yeah. We don't as 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 a as a group of people for the most part now we most game players or whatever don't like to uh, do something and then not have any like like the the what you walk away from it is the experience right yeah. like most of the time people like to have something tangible that they're like oh look at i did this part of it i i got this thing completed or i yeah. finished this trophy or whatever it is right like there's it's yeah you just you never want to sit down and play a game for three or four hours and then lose constantly and have nothing to show for it right it's 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 interesting how that's changed right because that's not really if you think about like you know early games or or uh everything on the the old platformers and stuff it was very much a yeah if you die it's it start over mm -hmm. and you don't actually have anything to show for it except of course the experience right right or or getting better at the game sure. I, to be honest i'm i'm totally cool with i i like the way that uh it's it's leaning towards more now of getting something or having like hey okay i'm making progress cuz i actually yeah. don't i'm not a I, huge I think fan that's of... I, it's something like we used to refer to that as rpg elements right <laughs> yeah back in the day because yep, like yep. rpgs were the games where you level up mm -hmm. and yeah, then well, every other progress. genre of game realized that progression is fun yeah every, who doesn't like to get feel stronger right right like right. that's part of the that's one of the biggest joys of of metroidvanias yeah so it's like just the idea of like you did a thing and you got xp for that and the number go up and you get some stuff yeah, yeah like that's getting... in almost every game now and it feels <laughs> yeah. great yeah it's it's it one of the first genres to really add that in there without with with while pretending that it was something else were were sports games that's where, true. where they 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 never said like hey these have rpg elements cuz you know rpgs are for weirdos but the <laughs> <laughs> they they totally were just making a create your own character rpg for sports games for like 15 years now <laughs> longer than that i actually that's true they had it on like i remember doing it on the genesis Yep. Um, for like I was gonna say NHL. I had yes, exactly. I had yep. NHL '95. On yeah, yeah, okay. Nintendo. I think yeah, it was '94 or '95. Yeah, that's yep. '94 yep. may also have had it. I just played '95 more. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, I meant for myself. I couldn't. Remember. I don't remember which year it was. <laughs> I definitely had NHL '95 on the SNES, and I made a character with my name and gave him number thirty-three, <laughs> and that game had an actual progression system where like yep. the better you play, the more points you have to put into stats and you get yep. better as like that blew my mind. I, I played that game so much doing that crap. 
But it wasn't an RPG, okay? No, no. Just it That's... just it just had RPG elements. I guess it would actually be it. <laughs> they could have marketed it. Obviously, it would have been a bad choice. But it's really just an action RPG based around sports. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I mean, that's effectively what that is. I think it's, it's... I think the best I think the best game that describes action RPG based around sports is probably Pyre. Yeah, I, I have mixed feelings about Pyre. It's uh, but yes, I, do I too. agree. I, I still generally positive, but probably my least favorite Supergiant game. Yeah, for easy for me. I, I was I was playing. Of course, I was. It was at one of those uh, when I was doing more trophy hunting stuff. And so I felt like I had, I ob- felt obligated to play it and that made it way worse because I had started it and I was like, yeah, I'm not, this is not really feeling this game. And then I was like, well, God, I've already, I already have a trophy in it. I might as well get all you gotta of it You got to have to get everything now. <laughs> I've, I've, I've played this game I've for obtained 30 these, minutes. <laughs> I've obtained, I've obtained the started the game trophy. So I am now <laughs> obligated to play for 75 hours until <laughs> I have completed it. Might as well complete everything, I guess. Luckily, the game wasn't very hard uh, to to get everything. It didn't even take that much time, but it was. It just yeah, it didn't do it for me. It wasn't yeah. bad. It just wasn't. Um... And actually, what's interesting is that first I hated it, and then then I was kind of like, well, I'm going to get all the trophies or whatever. And by the end of it, I was like, okay, I actually like this game. Like, I like the mechanics, mm-hmm. and I would enjoy playing a version of this. But in a something, I don't know if it's the setting or if it's how it all came together. But the the but yes, the the idea of the RPG, uh, action RPG with, uh, with sporting elements. <laughs> yeah, I would argue that up until Hades, Supergiant has been a game has been a company where they make pretty good games with aesthetics that are so over the top good that you forgive the okay game for being. Yeah, okay. well, that's actually why I bought the game. I was like, man, this is pretty. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll buy Pyre because I Bastion they, was one of those other games that I I thought it looked cool. the The voice for the dude is is one of the best. Oh man, Logan uh, Cunningham is amazing. Yeah, like it's it's just fun. He's just yeah, it just brings it all together. But the mm-hmm. actual game to play was like yeah, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't Bastion's bad. Bastion's fun. Transistor is fun. Um, you know, I never finished Transistor actually. There, it's good. I I think Transistor might actually have the best story. Ah, okay. Um. But uh, gameplay-wise, is really good. Transistor may also have the best music Ooh. overall. But, like, Pyre is fun. Hades is amazing. And I yeah, think, if, like... Yeah, if, if people... If you like that style of game, that, that's more... That's, like, the... That's, like, action... Like, rogue... Rogue-like? Like? Right? Because all everything carries over, I think, sort of? No, I think it's... I think it's the opposite. I think it's rogue-lite is like rogue elements but it's it's like oh you're right because it's a light version of it's a lighter version because you get to keep progression between runs that's what it is no you're absolutely right not that it really matters that much it's all it's all just arbitrary terminology but i think yeah but i was if i was being precise yeah yeah, no i was i was i was trying to be precise on purpose so it's it's good that you you pointed out because i uh i couldn't remember if light was the the obviously when you think about it for a second light makes more sense because you could be like it, but that's not really what. Because I think wasn't 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 Rogue like the first one, of the first kind of game like that, and then that's where Rogue like came from, right. or is that yeah. incorrect? It's no, that's I that's my understanding. It's basically like it's a genre term in the same way that Metroidvania is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's yeah. like they're naming it for the game that popularized that game style. Mm-hmm. 
And so Rogue is a game where you just have this labyrinth that you go through and you start from zero every time. Mm-hmm. And so any game that requires you to start um, any game that requires you to start <clears throat> with the exact same equipment every single time with no upgrades or anything is a rogue like because it's like rogue. Exactly. And yeah. anything very that, on the nose, anything that allows you to um, have where you start with you start from a baseline but that baseline gets higher because you actually carry over a little bit of progression, like money, and you can invest in things. And Yeah, money or some kind of uh, uh, talent system or yeah. base development or whatever it is that, right. that, makes that, it, that makes it easier the next time. Right. That is a rogue light because it's still kind of like rogue, but you have a progression system version. that makes it's it easier. easier. Over <laughs> yeah. So that's how I think that goes. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, if it's not right, that's that's too bad. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so anyway, to bring us back to Phantom Abyss, I'm I assume there is going to have to be some sort of carryover uh, mechanic, some sort of progression system, some sort of something where like, oh, you didn't win this, but you get this much currency or XP or something for progressing this far before dying. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um. But so that's that's pretty exciting. That's coming out in early access like next week. Whoa. Yeah, like June 22nd or something like that. I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't be any kind of direct if uh if something didn't get released almost immediately. Right. Yeah, there were a couple things where it's like this is out now or this is coming out like next week. It yeah. feels like the it feels like Devolvers was like everything is out next week or next year. Okay. With like no in between. Um so the most exciting thing Ooh. that I saw on the uh, on the Devolver Forwarder slash Devolver Max Pass Plus mm-hmm. is a game called Demon Throttle, and I just want to show you the trailer. For, it's only it's demons. only it's only a minute long. I'm going to send you this YouTube video, and if you are not opposed, I would like for you to watch the trailer for Demon Throttle. While I explain what's uh, what the deal is with this game. Okay. Um, <laughs> what? Did you did you get the line? Yeah. Did you get that demon kissed my wife or something? <laughs> yeah. What 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 is this? Okay. So this is I mean this is basically just like a a a top down like jackal style shooter yeah um but the big thing on this and i don't know why this is something that i'm so excited about or why i think is so cool they like but they 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 really sold the hell out of it doink this game is not coming out digitally (laughs) that seems stupid why because that's what they decided to do (laughs) That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, but okay. <laughs> I think I they are doing it. it specifically for that reason. I, I hope they don't like as much money as they could make. That's very it's weird. Absolutely something where like they could they are they are taking money out of their own pockets uh, out of their own pockets on purpose. Yeah, that's 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 they're like, that's strange. But they're like they're the whole presentation of it is like you are going to you are going to buy this and let it sit on your shelf and 
and collect dust like the game gods intended. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I can get behind this, actually. And I was I, like, at first I was like, all right, that's silly. That's that's a silly thing. But OK. And then I actually saw the trailer. I'm like, oh, oh, no, this is this game is me. That game's really cool. I would totally buy it if it wasn't physical only. So that's that's too bad because it actually looks awesome. Yeah, it is. It is like. It is exactly, and apparently there are, so this Special Reserve Games is actually a company that does, like, physical, um, they work with indie developers to do physical copies of otherwise digital-only games. Yeah, like, like kind of like a limited run or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> they are apparently working with a few companies to do, like, physical exclusives. And well, that, that's cool, I guess, if, if that's your thing. It's kind of my thing. I've I've become more um I've become more into, I guess. I, I've become more accepting of, of digital releases and I buy a lot more stuff digital that I wouldn't consider buying digital otherwise. Yeah. Just because, you know, shelf space is limited. Yeah. And uh and I mean I suppose so is hard drive space, but still. Um but I still, there's something, there's certain games, if it means enough to me, it's like, I, I want that physical. I don't want to have to think about what happens if they shut down the store like they're about to do, or they started to do with the PS3 store, and then it's like, oh, I can't actually download that anymore, so if I wanted to go back and play it in 10 years, I wouldn't have access to it if it wasn't already downloaded? I mean, that's assuming that A, they've never remade it, and B, your console still works, of course, or you have a way to connect it to your television. But I know what you're saying. Yeah. I've never had a console stop working. But it could happen. It could. I mean, it, I mean like, like the, it likely will over time. Yeah. But, like, any any console that I've had is always, like, aside from some, some flickering issues on the old cartridge ones, um, they all still work. Uh, let's see. I, my original NES has issues. And I don't think any other consoles I have really have a problem. I did. Well, you know what? There was the whole Xbox 360 issue. That doesn't count, though. That's that's like, I mean, it counts, but it doesn't count, I guess, because it was so widespread that it's it's a joke. Right. So, you, yeah, I feel like it's it's more for I think that's 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 more for uh, I, I have never had a console stop working because of wear and tear yeah yeah me and age i'm surprised my ps my ps3 is a real beast like mine is too it does yours sound like a spaceship or a jet engine when you turn it on oh of course yes yes okay but i I was i i still um the ps3 i really i like the the one that i have because it's the one that has like the emotion engine in it or whatever so it can still run ps1 and ps2 and everything awesome yeah um so I'm I'm happy with with it. I'm but I'm sure at some point it's going to be like, "No, nah, I'm done." <laughs> That's cool. I wish I had one of those. That would solve that would solve a lot of problems. Cuz I <laughs> I am currently I am currently in a position where uh, I've had a lot of uh I've had a lot of PS2 games requested of me in the next month and I'm like, "How am I going to actually play these? Do they emulate well?" No. I I don't think they do actually. Well, I'm uh well, they, they might now. It's been so long since I've it's even been thought a long about time. That. I think PS2 emulation has come quite a ways, but we're yeah. gonna find out. <laughs> oh, can I ask what game? There's a bunch. Oh, of um, of PS2 ones. Yeah. 
Um, I don't have the list open right now. I think Ratchet and Clank is one of them, but I actually I might be able to play like the remake of Ratchet and Clank. I don't know. I, I recently, well, recently, like th- two or three years ago now, but I, <laughs> I played the, the PS4 Ratchet and Clank remake and I, I liked it a lot. It was fun. I, I hear nothing but good things about like <clears throat> all of those games and I've never touched one for even one second. So yeah, that was the first time I had played Ratchet and Clank. So was on the PS4 one. That's going to be that's actually going to be kind of exciting. Yeah, for um, sure. Let's see. What else is going on this week? Um actually, oh, was there any other what was the other E3? There was Ubisoft yesterday too, which I I know you don't care as much about uh like the 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 initial like release of a of a new graphics engine or whatever, but they mm. they did showcase the one that they're I don't I can't remember what it's called like Snowfield or Snowdrop or something like that I don't know, and they're using it to showcase I guess they're making an Avatar game, um, like J- the movie to be Avatar. clear this is James Cameron's Avatar not Airbender Avatar, correct correct the 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 movie that only sold because it was pretty so now they're I guess Ubisoft somehow has the foot in the door with Nintendo and now I guess Disney even though it's not ag- advertised as a Disney game because you know Disney owns licensing to avatar um so that's kind of interesting that they've that they've managed to do that but the engine itself is really pretty <laughs> like it's it's genuinely like one of those oh wow if this is actual gameplay footage that's pretty amazing <laughs> yeah see that's the that's the thing though when it comes to those e3 stage shows it's a yes. big if yes it's a big 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 if we still don't have games that look as good as the concept art footage that they showed for the PS3. Like even now we don't have games that look that good. Yeah. I don't remember. I don't, I don't know. Do, do any of the PS5 stuff that's, I mean, I, I guess I really don't remember it for sure. So I can't, uh, I can't say cause I don't, I don't have an image of my head of what that looked like, but yeah, yeah. The, the super pre-rendered stuff is like all the FMV. All, like, I mean, that's, it looks amazing for a reason. <laughs> I'm trying to it's I'm trying to, to find one. I'm trying to find one of the uh one of the, the most famous bull shots. Oh yeah, yeah, please. But they they had something else at the Ubisoft. Oh dude, the the Mario the I loved but did you ever play Mario plus Rabbids? Yes. Okay, so here's the thing. Um Ubisoft as a company has uh spent years covering for sexual abusers and harassers and has not really been fully held accountable for that. And I find it very, very difficult to support anything that they're doing while that continues to be the case. However, Mario plus (laughs) Rabbids was really fun and I'm kind of looking forward to the next one and I'm conflicted about it. Mario plus Rabbids was one of these games where I had the switch. I, I really wanted to play a game on the switch and there wasn't anything out that I wanted. And I was like, well, I guess I'll try this Mario plus Rabbids. And then I was like, oh my God, Mario plus Rabbids is really amazing. It's like one of the best XCOM games I've ever played. You know, that was, yep. it was super fun. Um, I feel like there's this, I played a game a while back called Mutant Year Zero. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. Yep. And like, yeah, I, I feel like every game that does XCOM is better than XCOM. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> and I well, like XCOM a lot, so it's I, weird yeah. for me to say that. It's just that, like, I feel like a lot of those games, Mario plus Rabbids, uh, Mutant Year Zero, and there's at least one other that I can't think of the name of right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they all do the same sort of, like, 
grid-based percentage, uh, grid-based, you know, cover shooting tactics, uh, percent shot from a distance kind of stuff. The same basic idea. Mm -hmm. And they all just learn from the, they all just learn from the lessons of XCOM, which is that whiffing a shot on 98% hit rate feels really, 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 really bad. Especially when you lose the entire mission because of it. Well, that's what I liked about the Mario plus Rabbids is that they didn't have as like, I don't remember being frustrated by miss percentages nearly as much as, because XCOM is BS. Every single shot is like 20% chance to hit, even if it's 85% chance to hit. And you're like, okay. Like Um, my, my favorites are the ones where like the, the animations really drive it home too. You're standing literally right next to something. Right. Like to the point where your hitboxes are clipping into each other. Or your your character <laughs> models are clipping into each other. Yeah, the gun is clipping into this this alien, right? And they they scope up the shot, aim it straight at their chest, and then jerk to the left to miss. <laughs> yeah, they they have to actively turn the gun and point at themselves. And they're like, "Why didn't I hit the enemy?" Yeah, I he was right in my sights. Yep. Yes, he was. You are the enemy. Yes. <laughs> Enemy within. You, you are actually the... Damn it. That's where I was going with that. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. I, like, simply by, like, just this this simple act of, like, oh, yeah, you've you flanked them, and you have a clear shot, and nothing's in the way. 100%. Well, and, and Mario had... What made Mario fun is that it was fast. Like, it was not slow pace. Like, you're running and you're sliding into him and then doubling back and hitting him again. Mm-hmm. You're like, dude, this feels good. Like, Yeah, like there's to... so much stuff you can do on one turn. It feels great. Yeah, and it's it's one of those games where it's it's almost designed around you trying to uh, never... You don't almost ever need to take damage if you're super aggressive and creative with how you do stuff. And yeah. I, I really appreciate that. Whereas XCOM feels more like... So, the, the biggest issue I run into with most kind of grid-based strategy RPGs, even uh, even like Final Fantasy Tactics and stuff, is that mm-hmm. it almost always feels better to just wait for the enemy to walk to you. Yep. Because otherwise you end up getting initiated on or getting hit twice or whatever. And I, I don't... I, I, I find that gameplay sort of boring. And what I loved about Mario and Rabbids is like, no, dude, just go in there face first. Just, just, <laughs> just oh, yeah. hit them, like, and then you get game, to move again. That game does probably the best job I've ever seen of rewarding aggression. Right in in that style of game, it's mm-hmm. it's very it's very fun to play. Yeah, and definitely. that was a uh, that was my favorite part of 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 playing that game. And I got hooked. Like I did everything I could in, in it. It was it was so fun. So yeah. the the new one, I'm I'm excited that they announced it. I I I had the same reaction at first, where I was excited. And I was like, man, this game would be a lot better without rabbits. Yeah. <laughs> like like I don't need the rabbits. They don't do anything for me. I don't I don't. I don't really, I don't hate them, but I don't like them. <laughs> they are, they are the minions of the video game world. Aren't they actually the f- first minions? Didn't they come out before minions? I don't know. I, th- I, don't I would know. not be surprised if that were the case. What's, what's the name of the minions movie? The real one. Um, I think the first like one is, one. um, Despicable Me. It's got Gru. Yeah, 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 yeah. Despicable Me. Couldn't think of what it was called. When did that come out? 2010. Yeah, the first Rabbids game had to come out before 2010. Oh, yeah, it's definitely before that, because it was for the Wii. Because it was on Wii, yeah. 
And so yeah, the rabbits are the first. Technically, rabbits existed in the Rayman universe way before that. So yeah. Oh, that's that's you know that's a good point. They were the they're they're sort of the toad of uh like of the obnoxious nasty toad of yeah of, yeah of Rayman. So that like even way before they became their own franchise, which like wow. <laughs> <laughs> I just want you to think about pick the worst character in a game and then say they have their own franchise now. Yep. <laughs> and in fact have overshadowed by a very, very large margin the original character of that franchise. Yep. Like Rayman, I mean, you and I that? were sitting here talking about Rabbids and like forgot that they were in Rayman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't played a Rayman game since Rayman to the great escape on the 64 oh wow i haven't played a rayman game um period they're, they're okay I hear it's, good it's sort of it's one of those games that's it's not bad but it's it's not amazing um you you probably there will be a lot of people that i'm sure will love it to death just like every franchise out there because it's it's got a it's not it's certainly not a bad game but i wouldn't yeah. say it's amazing by any stretch it's just it's just a solid game right we should like maybe we should pick it up for maybe we should pick up like the first one for the podcast sometime. That'd be cool. Yeah, especially because what are, what are the rumors of the the Smash reveal on Tuesday? I've heard I've heard Crash Bandicoot. I've heard oh I have people no talk idea. about Rayman. I don't know. I am I am um, not keeping up with it because I've not played any of the characters since Joker. Oh, I mean I don't even own Smash Brothers anymore. I just I just like watching the reveal videos. It's actually my they one of are my actually parts. really fun. Like it the, is. The, the, that is content that I will never engage with, but actually seeing the content is still fun. That's that's how you know you love, like, they have iconic characters, where I'm excited to watch a reveal trailer for a game I'm never going to play. It. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it's a, fun to strong. see it. And and I'm always kind of like, ooh, who's it going to be? <laughs> and, and the Sephiroth one, honest to God, has to be one of the best ones ever, because they look like they impaled Mario, and you're just like, oh, did... did what <laughs> sakurai just like he's got this thing where he like he just wants to murder all the nintendo characters <laughs> me and you because like you I, they um they revealed simon and luigi dies in that trailer <laughs> yeah he's he just wants to push the envelope as far as he can like how much can i get away with before someone says damn it stop it you cannot decapitate a character and then and the the trailer for uh, World of Light, literally everyone but Kirby dies. <laughs> well, you can't kill a god, an eldritch god. That's right. So, like, oh, yeah, he, I think he's, he either, like, just does it because he likes it, or he does it because he knows it makes people freak out. Yeah, well, it's, it's probably also just sort of fun, because it's, 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 like, you, you know it's not, A, serious, so you can get away with it. And right. and B, it's it's one of those situations where um, it will get people talking, right? Like the, the the screenshot of Mario getting stabbed by the 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 sword of Sephiroth is sort of like one of those moments where you're like, what the hell is this? Now I need to see what's happening because mm -hmm. I I I didn't actually see the reveal right away. I just saw that one image and it was flying around on Twitter. I was like, oh, they must have done a character reveal. And I was like, what the hell happened? I have to see this. <laughs> yeah. And it was, that, that reveal was so fun. Well, I mean, I'm a big butter sucker for, butter sucker, that's not a word. But I was trying to say butter. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was trying to use this term butter, which is more of a thing that one of my friends and I say when we are talking about somebody that's like a huge, like 
nerd for a franchise, but kind of like in a derogatory kind of way. And it's, it has to go with this old meme that it's like super old, like birth of the internet old. Um, okay. And I was using that and I was like, no, that's not going to make any sense. I shouldn't say butter, but I had already said it out loud. So then I was trying to say sucker. And then I was like, butter sucker. And I was like, well, now it's just, and now, now you just... created a new term. Now I'm here. Thanks. Um, yep. great. So anyways, I'm a sucker for final fantasy seven. Mm-hmm. And, um, that reveal, I was like, crap, I want to play Smash Brothers now. And so I, I, I went to go buy it. And then I was like, nah, I'm not paying $120 for Smash Brothers because I, I obviously need all of the characters. Right. And so Nintendo is like, no, we're not. We're not putting this game on sale. We don't care about you. <laughs> yeah, no. What, what planet are you from, buddy? <laughs> never, never, ever. Not even that, once. Yeah. Um. So, so, so then I was like, nah, I don't, I don't actually need to play it. But the reveal was fun. I enjoyed the reveal. I'm absolutely calling this episode uh, Sonic Spinball and the Butter Sucker. <laughs> I mean, you kind of have to now because I, I put my to. foot in my mouth really hard. It's ri- like, I love it. <laughs> I I absolutely adore that. So <laughs> it's it's nothing but good. <laughs> um, so the the oh, oh, I did look at the I looked at the image that you were talking about. And yes, the, that 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 is where we have just gotten to that point today. Here, here's yeah. the trailer for 21 NFL, and yep. it looks, it actually looks better than that image, but it's taken what 14 years. <laughs> yeah, that was con, that was concept image, that was a concept image for what the PS3 was supposed to look like. Yeah, yeah, sure. And it's just like, no, absolutely not, not even nearly. <laughs> I think companies are, I, I do believe they're getting better at that, but we'll, I guess we'll know, we'll know once these games actually start coming out, right? We'll, we'll know once the next tier of console games are coming out. The problem is that they might be making some of these images for ultra high-end PCs. And then that's, that's where you start to run into issues because sure, the mm-hmm. PC might look beyond, beyond good. Right. Right. But if, if the, the consoles can't keep up, then you're sort of, well, you're stuck with, yeah. with, with a game that doesn't look as nice. It must also be weird for game companies right now where they're, they're like, okay, this is the first time where we've released a new console, but we're not supposed to make games for um, just the new console. We're supposed to make games for the this old archaic console compared to the new one, right? Like the PS4 hardware is so much worse than the PS5 that if you were trying to make a game for both consoles, it's sort of frustrating, I imagine. Yeah, this this is a situation that people run into at every... like pretty much every um console generation switch yes and no but usually only for like, like sports games and stuff like third party stuff you you've i you've done okay like the new god of war is coming out for both ps4 and ps5 and it's not even coming out this year that means yeah. like a year and a half after a console's been released a flagship title from mm-hmm. the main company is releasing on both consoles that's that's never happened it's usually just like ports of call of duty or nfl or just dance and stuff like that like it's not mario i mean not for like the first year like persona 5 came out on ps3 and ps4 yeah that's Um, what else though like i've never heard of like a mario well no if it's a first party if it's an actual first party console developer game they want to push the new hardware exactly that's what i'm saying this is the this is the first time where we've been in a situation where they've released a console that they're like hey not everybody's going to want to buy this twilight princess yeah, Nintendo, that's true. They did do it with Twilight Princess and actually Breath of the Wild, but I mm-hmm. guess both of those were developed for 
the base console originally and then they were like well let's put it on the new and one first and it. just have a i feel like that's usually what happens is you is you make it for the hardware you have and then it ends up the launch window ends up falling around the time of a new a new console launch so they yeah. just upport it yeah that's that seems reasonable especially with the games that were in development for a very long time it seems weird to me though if it was if like mario odyssey because because effectively in terms of the timing window it would be as if mario odyssey was on both the the wii u and the switch right like yeah. that's that's kind of insane when when you think about that that doesn't that's that's sort of a especially considering how well the new consoles have sold yeah they're they're, they're basically they're selling so well they literally can't keep them in stock ever no matter what and sure it's it, it's a disgusting practice of uh bots and then people reselling them for way too much money because that's just how capitalism works well when it, it's it, taken to an nth degree but it's still, I know that they say selling. that COVID isn't involved in like them not being able to ramp up production as quickly as they'd like, but I'm sure that some degree of artificial scarcity also has to do with it. Oh, I'm going to guess that companies have finally realized how brilliant Nintendo is. Yeah. <laughs> there, there is, it is not an accident that Nintendo stuff is always, uh, is, is, is always scarce because it's like, oh, well, if I don't buy it now, I'll never get it. Right. Right. Um, that and is that, not an accident. Like, that pushes you away from it like there's the two there's the two mentalities there's the mentality of like i have to buy it now or i won't be able to or it's i that's something i'd like to buy but i don't need it right now so i'll wait for a sale Mm -hmm. yeah and nintendo has always tried to discourage the mentality of like i'll just wait for a sale i mean nintendo they were the pretty much the reason why the like game rentals were illegal in japan i mean illegal like you know you couldn't have a blockbuster in japan right 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 <laughs> Be- because they're like no wait you will give us you will give us your money <laughs> full price <laughs> damn it <laughs> and well and then nintendo's like fine fine whatever we won't when we don't involve scarcity we'll just we'll just never lower the price unless it's like four years later where most people have already bought it and then we'll maybe knock twenty dollars off if you buy three games <laughs> yeah in fact, the best deal Nintendo ever did was the was was the year when was was it two years ago when uh, Three Houses came out. They had that thing in that summer where if you spent a hundred dollars, you got two games, basically giving you ten dollars off of a game, uh, oh, and you yeah. could use it on almost all, every game that they had for the for the next little bit. Um, and that was that was great. I remember I gave him like two hundred dollars up front so I could get the rest of the games I wanted for that year. Yeah, but, yeah. But what a that was that was that's that's how that's how Nintendo has us all wrapped around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> their pinky. They really do. They really do. I like. There's there's no feeling that I hate worse than like knowing I'm being manipulated. Yeah, but like, they're good at it. So they are. They're very good at it. They they. It's frustrating. I've I've gotten or well, I was gonna say I've gotten better, but I think it's just that they haven't released anything that's making me need to purchase it immediately. Like I I, I was excited about Mario Golf, but a part of me is I was like, gonna I bring up Mario Golf it. actually. I'm just not sure. Yeah, I don't think that's a I don't think that's a day one purchase for me, especially with you know, considering I've got a bunch of other stuff on my plate right now and Yeah, that's that's how I, I feel. I can I can wait. I didn't that get might Metopia. Be a, that might be a you know, that might be an ask for Christmas kind of game. Yep, yeah. And and I was going to buy I was planning on buying Zelda Skyward Sword originally, but I'm I'm not even sure about that anymore. Um I am already... somewhat excited about the 
possibility of being able to play uh, Skyward Sword without motion Without controls. motion, yeah. But I don't really think I care that much. If I was gonna play it, if I was gonna play a Zelda game, I should probably just finish Breath of the Wild. It's a way better game. I mean, the the Skyward Sword was it was kind of fun. Um, if if you, I mean, if you like motion controls, it was kind of fun. But if you really hate motion controls, it was obviously impossible to play. But even that aside, I still think it's one of the worst Zelda games. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's fair. It's it's having just... not played it, but like also <laughs> having not played it, but having seen like general reaction to it and yeah. what people have said, like it's not generally regarded as one of the better games. At no, all. it's 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 not bad, but it's not good. Yeah, which makes it one of the worst Zelda games. Oh, easy. It's I think it's probably not counting the CDI games because they're not. That's not fair. Um, there it might be my least favorite Zelda aside from maybe Zelda two and Zelda one, just because the originals, the NES Zeldas, while they're good games, I just don't want to play them anymore. Yeah. I played the first one a couple times and I played through the second one once or twice. And it's just not, it's not for me. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, it's, it's definitely bottom of the barrel Zelda experience. Oh, 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 mm, it might be better than the DS Zeldas. Those were real meh. I heard one of them was really good. And one of them was really bad. Spirit tracks is okay. Uh, it's kind of middle is of the road. Is it Phantom okay. Hourglass that everyone hates? Well, Phantom Hourglass was just boring. It was it was genuinely boring, which is really hard to do with Zelda. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Minish Cap is, I think, for GBA. That one seems really good. I watched. That's it. a game that we should play for the podcast because I own it and I've played it for about an hour and a half, mm. and I don't know why I stopped. I don't remember what came out at that time. Let me let me look at the year that it came out. Minish Cap. I saw it on GDQ and I was like, this seems awesome. Okay, so it came out November 2004, which is the same month that World of Warcraft was launched. So it was, yeah, that started to play World of Warcraft <laughs> and then I just never, I just forgot the game existed and I never yeah. went back to finish it. And everything else, I imagine. <laughs> well, yeah, because then once, once like a few months goes away and then other, you know, another game comes out, then you, then you forgot you had it and you're like, oh, crud. And then I just never, ever went back to play that game. So that would be a really fun one because that's, I bet you it's the least played Zelda aside from maybe Oracle of Seasons and Ages, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if Manish Cap is. I need to play uh, those ones too. Those games are freaking awesome. In my memory of them anyways, I, I suppose I don't actually remember. Uh, like I, I couldn't tell you if, in my memory, I hold them in very, very high regard. Yeah, I don't I, know how much of that is my memory. Yeah, you know what? That's kind of what this whole that's kind of what this whole podcast is about. And actually, in my memory, I hold it in very high regard, but I don't know how well it holds up is a perfect segue to Sonic Spinball. Hey, yeah, how about that? So let's uh, in, unless there's uh, unless there's more you want to. I just want to say that the wholesome direct was really cute. I didn't watch it. It's it's there are obviously it's going to have some games you just absolutely don't care about at all. Sure, sure. But it doesn't I mean, matter because every, it's just everything's that. For me. Right, right. Yeah, that's, that is not a, in any way, sh uh, shape, or form a, a negative about about the direct. It was yeah, it was, no. but it was adorable, and I'm and I'm happy stuff like that exists because uh, it made it especially funny that the next game that was showcased after the wholesome direct was the new Tom Clancy where you're destroying and blowing up aliens in a game that looks, I think everybody's already played it at least once. It doesn't look interesting, but that's fine. It just, it just made me laugh that it was like the, the, it, the only way it could have been sillier is if it was like Grand Theft Auto followed it. Yeah. <laughs> right, right? Like, Man, like, <laughs> don't even get me started on the Tom Clancy games. 
Tom Clancy, the Tom Clancy franchise. First of all, Tom Clancy's been dead for like 10 years. Is he actually dead? Oh, yeah, he's he's very dead. I don't know if it's been 10 years, but it's it's several. I didn't know Tom Clancy was dead. Yeah, he died years ago. Oh, but, you know, they've got they've got uh, it, almost 10 years ago. 2013. Wow. Yeah, but they've got, you know, at this point. His what name a legacy. is a brand, what and a... they have the rights to it, so they're just going to use that forever. <laughs> what a what a total what a total badass of a legacy to have for us. Like, yeah, we just name um we, we name movies and TV shows and video games and books after him, even though he's not around anymore. <laughs> yeah, like, like Tom Clancy <laughs> is just shorthand for military shoot bang thing. <laughs> generic generic military drama. <laughs> Which is kind of too bad, because I feel like, you know, if you actually compare it to some of his better works, like some of the stuff that has to do with like Cold War espionage. Yeah, there is more nuance to his. I I don't know this. I haven't read any of his writing, but I imagine (laughs) there is more nuance to his writing than what is actually being given to the games that bear his name. Probably just by just by like by default. There, there, do you remember do you remember it was an early popular kind of i don't know if it's edgy or not but do you remember the website maddox no so it was this guy who i don't know he just he wrote articles that were sometimes funny and sometimes really stupid um most of them were just kind of poking fun at stuff or like he was kind of a rude asshole but it was sometimes funny i don't know um i was also you know early internet yeah and i was younger so that sort of stuff is funnier i don't like, yeah like, no i know i know I'm I'm right there with you. Like I, it's one of those things I like we were talking at about things in my twenties that I would be horrified by now. <laughs> yeah, well, it would be like going to read Sean Baby. Some things would be amazing, and some things would be like, "Holy Christ!" <laughs> and, and some things are just like, "Ooh, that didn't age well." You can't really talk about that like that anymore. Correct. Yeah, it's and not saying that shouldn't. that person's. We're better. Right. We're better as a society not using language like that now. Yeah. Um, but he had this thing on one of his websites cause he was making fun of some new Tom Clancy movie and he had a, he, he created a, like a create your own Tom Clancy novel where it was like a generic kind of sentence from a, you know, a, a, a military drama. And then it was a, you could, it was like drop down menus of what you wanted it to be sort of like a Mad Libs Tom mm. Clancy. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. that's what I, that's always what I associate with Tom Clancy stories is because i hadn't really been around like i didn't read them or know much about them and so that was like one of my first aside from a couple movies i guess and so that article always stuck in my head is oh man tom clancy novels must all be dumb derivative trash or something like that right like that's where because that's how cool the that's that's the kind of influence the internet can have on on a person if you don't Mm -hmm. know the real experience and then when we were talking about it and i was like why do i still have that in my head as all Tom Clancy things is being, I was like, Oh my God, it's because of that website. That's not even, it's not even fair. <laughs> like one, one person's random opinion shaded my entire view of, of, of like an, a, a franchise or whatever. That's, that's, it's, yeah. it's kind of, I, I guess it just goes to the power of the, like the, the influence that somebody can have over you, even if you don't know them or yeah. aren't friends yeah, yeah. with them or anything. It's, it's, it was just sort of a, I don't know why I'm talking about this, but it just <laughs> it just made me think about it. <laughs> I mean, like if that's the if that is the the primary thing you think of with Tom Clancy, then like it's relevant for you to have brought that up. Yeah. Um. Well, but you I had, had an I get it though. Like, and I like again, I haven't read any of Tom Clancy's writing, and I won't. 
Like, yeah, yeah, I'm not, of, I'm not particularly really, interested in it. Yeah, none of it really uh, appeals to me. Yeah, no, it's it's. But I can guarantee you that what he puts in his what he well put past tense yes. in his books has more has more nuance and more and more like artistic <laughs> skill than whatever the well, new, some schmuck on the internet yeah <laughs> wrote up well no then I, whatever the new video game bearing oh, oh, his oh. name is going to do yeah most likely especially yeah that there's that that seems like a given yeah like it's i mean I, but th- there, I think rainbow six stopped even bothering trying to have a story yeah because i think that's what this is it's the new rainbow six but you're fighting aliens now which i was like oh sure. that seems weird because i thought i thought the whole point of <laughs> the the rainbow six style of games was that you were doing like a real like it was supposed to be more quote-unquote real of like how you were entering buildings and doing stuff um but tom clancy's I, 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 I don't know. Tom Clancy's main claim to fame is about like post Cold War espionage. So right, right, yeah, yeah. You know, not, aliens. Not usually, <laughs> usually that involves aliens. I think. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but but the the well, I just wanted to say the wholesome direct was adorable, and there was a few games that sort of just you just they just it's 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 cool to be. So I like I like getting hyped up for other games too. Like it's fun to see the trailer for a game that even if I'm not going to play it, I get kind of excited yeah, to see yeah. some stuff. But there's I get that. It's a different feeling when you're watching the these sort of trailers where it's like, wow, that game just looks peaceful and or or whoa, that's just cute or adorable. It's it's yeah. a totally different feeling, mm-hmm. uh, even though it's the same type of presentation. And I I I I really appreciated that. There there was one cool game where it's uh, it's teaching you Japanese through taking photos in a city. Like it says, hey, find X item, and the X oh, item cool. is in in Japanese. Yeah, and then you have to take a photo of that item, and then it like teaches you how to say it and all that stuff. I was okay, like, oh, that's yeah. a really cool idea. Yeah, I like that. Um, obviously, that's the one that I <laughs> wanted to 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 play the most um, for reasons. <laughs> it's, it's not like I I'm a big fan of Japan or anything. Yeah, no, it's, it's silly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that like so much of the the E3 cycle in particular is is all built on this whole like loud hype, like explosions. Oh, it's so cool. That's amazing. Yeah. And and sometimes some and you know what? And it like, works sometimes. Putting a, putting a half hour block in the middle of that where you can just be like, "Oh, that's nice. I like that." Oh, cool. That looks it looks relaxing. It was yeah. it actually puts you in such a state when you're watching every game that there was one game that had a tiny bit of platforming in it mm-hmm. and the chief was like, "Oh, that looks a little stressful." And I was like, "No, I don't think it's actually stressful. I think you're just used to seeing all, um all these other games that sort of like, "Hey, do whatever you want. Take your time." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so you you had a lovely segue and then I ruined it with 10 more minutes of talking. So, let's let's uh let's let's take that break. Sonic Spinball coming up next. Yeah, I don't know that they are I don't know that they're necessarily going to actually work together. It's just it's interesting because Obsidian and Bethesda made Sonic. Uh, wow. I'm thinking <laughs> about how we're going about on about this and not talking about Sonic Spinball. They made Sonic Spinball. OK, so um, <laughs> Obsidian and Bethesda <laughs> made Fallout New Vegas and then they split because they weren't getting along. And now they're under the same company again. But I don't imagine they'll actually collaborate on games anymore because they both got their own things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, we played we played Sonic Spinball. I thought you were. I was hoping you were going to say we we played Fallout New Vegas. <laughs> like really, just mess it all up. <laughs> I'm 
Yeah, I can't even blame being tired. I got plenty of sleep last night. <laughs> so, so Sonic Spinball. Yes. The, I, I don't have that much fun lore about Sonic Spinball, except for the fact that... Well, you blew re- most of it last week because... That's true. Yeah, because... Because this is another Sega Technical Institute game. Yeah, correct. And so Sonic Spinball was in an interesting... The reason it even existed is because they realized that this was after the team had split. So they're they're, they're all still working under the Sonic... Uh, uh, the Sega Technical Institute, like, banner. But now the teams have split between Japanese and American completely, like, they're separate entities and they kind of do their own thing. Um, this was after Sonic 2, because Sonic 2 is really hard for everybody to work on it, you know, language things and work differences, right, right. all this kind of stuff. Uh, and so they realized that for the, the, o, or the, the O3, the geez, the 93, uh, Christmas, there was not going to be a Sonic game, which was not great. They, Sega was like, we need something. We need, we need to, we need to, we need to make some money on Sonic because Sonic 2 is obviously a huge seller for them. Mm. And that's Sonic Spinball came into play. And so it was developed entirely by the American side of the, of STI. And interestingly enough, they, the, the, uh, as when you, when you were playing this game on stream, a bunch of people were like, man, this just kind of looks weird. Like it doesn't feel quite right. Like the art's sort of off. Yeah. It doesn't, it feels off brand. Yeah. And, and so the, the guy that was behind it, the main dude, um, I'm blanking on his name. It was like Morawak, Morawak, ah, whatever. It doesn't matter. He actually had a, a statement. He said something along the lines of, I really wish we could have had some uh, Japanese artists helping us with mm. the art in here to kind of pull it all together. And that was his, one of his biggest, uh, not not complaints, but sort of um, like afterthoughts of the game. It's like, yeah, this doesn't quite, quite, it does, it's Sonic, but it's not quite Sonic, right? Yeah, yeah. And so that's, that is one of the first things you really notice about just Sonic himself even is that he looks sort of off slightly. Yeah. Um. The other, the not other fun thing is. Not as much as Robotnik does. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. The, but we'll get the, to that. The other, the other fun little trivia is that the, um, so when Sonic one was made, the, the music, the, the guy that did like the, the main, all, like, I guess it was, I think all of the Sonic in the, or all of the music in the original game was a guy named, um, uh, Masato Nakamura, I believe. And he was, right. he was a, he's a lead singer of a band in Japan. And when Sonic one came out, he was, they were relatively popular, but not huge. And when Sonic two came out, they were much, 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 much more popular. And when they, when Sega went to ask him to make the music for Sonic two, they had upped their price a ton. Um, and so they're like, yeah, we're not doing this anymore. Now the, the, the Sonic spinball team didn't know this and they used music for the, the opening of the game from Sonic one. And at the launch, like the gold release, like everything was done with the game. They're getting ready to, it's, it's technically finalized and they're getting ready to, to ship it off and be done with it. Um, it hasn't been printed yet, but you know, it's like the gold copy where it's like, here, now we can, now we can take it to production. Uh, they were having a little release party at the, the Sega technical Institute. And so some of the Japanese team came over to check out the game to see, and they're like, oh, this is cool. And they're like, man, how did you guys get Sega to pay for the, the, the music? How'd you get mm-hmm. him to use this? And they were like, huh? What, what do you mean? And they're like, the, the music, it's, it's, we don't have the copyright to this, this music. And they're like, oh God. And so, so the dude in the middle of the party ran to his office, recorded a new opening soundtrack to, to, uh, Spinball and like, had to make a song that night to to make a new gold copy of of the game to then actually send out by like the next day. <laughs> nice. But yeah, that's 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 all of the the Sonic Spinball Sega lore I have. Now we can now we can just talk about the game like normal. So it's pinball. 
It is. It sure is pinball. And the opening, speaking of music, the trek from the very first level, the, the, the sewer stage. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. I yeah, love that track so much. It's my favorite song in the whole game. The rest of the music's decent. Like, some of it's pretty good. But that yeah. song is just awesome. Yeah, that it's it is definitely, like, they started strong. And I, I mm-hmm. feel like you could say the same thing. I feel like you could say the same thing for most Sonic games, actually. Um, True. Like, the... Yeah, like Chemical Zone from, from Sonic 2. The Amazing. music is really, like, it's front-loaded. Like, not to say that the music in the later stages is bad, but I feel like they picked the ones that, like... You're going to hear the most. <laughs> yeah, the ones it's, in it's... the early levels that you're going to hear the most are the ones where it's like, okay, we got we to gotta start with, like, the really good stuff here. It makes sense, because I'm going to... I, I bet you a, a, an astoundingly high percentage of people haven't even gotten past, like, the second or third stage of, like, Sonic 2. I mean, it was, right? it was a very long time in my childhood before I made it past... Uh, before I made it past the second Robotnik boss, because I kept falling in the water. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. It's it's, and I don't mean I'm not that I'm not trying to say like, oh, I'm so amazing at games or people are bad no, at no, games. No, no. I don't like, mean it like that. I meant it's it's a smart decision to put the real bangers at the front of your game. Yeah, yeah. Where you're guaranteed, you you a hundred percent know people are going to hear this music. Yeah, and it's and it especially like, Sonic Spinball because I'm going to guess an even higher number of people didn't even know there was a stage after the sewer stage <laughs> probably not <laughs> I mean like if you're if you're familiar with pinball then you kind of have a good idea of how the of how the table progression works sure but if you're familiar with Sonic then you're probably just confused yeah <laughs> well also, the game is, it's this weird mix of feeling hard, but then you realize once you can control the ball, you're like, oh, this is way easier. Or excuse yeah. me, control Sonic in the air. Like, you can change his trajectory and stuff. It, it makes the game so much easier to play. Well, it makes it possible. <laughs> fair. I fair. don't think it ever gets easy. No, but easier. Because yeah, it's, if definitely. when I, I played it for the longest time as a kid, just playing it like a normal pinball game, I was like, man, this game's impossible. Yeah, Like, yeah, yeah. I actually didn't think it was possible to beat it in my, like, I mean, I knew that was wrong, but I just was like, nah, this is impossible. I'll never do it. Yeah. And then I, he could, I found out he could move and I was like, oh, cool. And so I, I beat the first, as a kid, I beat the first stage, mm-hmm. got to the second stage, died. and was like, yeah, I'm just going to play the first stage again. <laughs> like, I was okay just playing the first stage over and over again because I liked the music a lot. Yeah, and I thought it was fun, and I was like, "Hey, let's play this for fifteen minutes, and then play something else." And it is fun. the The lack of a continue system, and the fact that there's four tables, yeah, and the, the and lives insta, are sh- the insta death on those tables becomes increasingly uh, Oof. becomes increasingly common in the later yes. stages. Yes, and yeah, there's a I don't want to say there's a degree of luck, but like. Some There's of that some st- luck there. Some of that stuff happens faster than you can react to it. Well, some of it's literally just bad design, like especially yes. especially the final boss of the game. That that boss is one of the dumbest. Mm-hmm. It's just poorly it's just poorly thought out and put together. That boss is yeah, really terrible. You can tell they have an idea there because it's like you have to hit this button until until the boss is vulnerable. You have to you basically have to hit this switch a certain number of times. And then, you know, and then the boss will become vulnerable. It's just that there is absolutely zero indication, like visual or audible communication as to when that happens. Yep. 
Unt- you just have to go up and actually look because well, what, and, it, what it but, is but, is like you have to you have to get him to put the the wind socks down. Yes, because the that's what I was gonna say is that even if you go up to look, there's a good chance that you can't even do that too many times because if right. you do it like three times, it basically kills you. Yep. I mean, there's a chance you don't die, but there's a decent chance you die also because it launches you out of the top of the stage, making you fall back to the bottom, and you're not really sure what's going to happen. Right. You're at the very least, you've wasted like five minutes as you as you try to climb your way back up. Yeah. So yeah, it's ugh. yeah. It does. It does stay true to uh, the Sonic the Sonic theme of terrible platforming in a game that doesn't need platforming mm-hmm. in some in some moments, specifically that stage. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like any time there. The third table has like a moving platform that yes, you can actually yes. like jump off of. That's right. Yep. And I think that is the moment in the game where it's like, oh no. <laughs> yes, that is. Oh, that this is the game moment. Feel yes. like that is the moment. If they actually made a whole game that platform like this, it would be the worst Sonic game ever made. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, it feels really bad to actually move the character. Mm-hmm. Like it's like it's the slowest Sonic has been outside of Sonic Two XL, <laughs> but it feels like moving the fat Sonic from Sonic Two XL. Like actually, yeah, it would be like it would be like having a game that's about going fast and then putting spikes in you every single time on a path, mm-hmm. or or having a plunger that launches you backward. That'd just be weird and yeah, probably not would, a successful who game. Who would do that? <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not fair. Sonic's not nearly that terrible. <laughs> it's it does suffer from some of those. It does suffer from some of those design decisions where it's like, "Yay, go fast!" Oh, my my wife is giving me the evilest eye I've ever seen. <laughs> but she sees she's banging on things now because she really likes Sonic. <laughs> it's Sonic is a series of fun games, but the the whole joy of Sonic is going fast and some of those early games are built around you going fast until you run into a wall of spikes and it shouldn't be that way. No, not some, literally every single stage. Is there a stage that's act- that doesn't penalize you at some point for going too fast? I don't think so. I mean, I suppose not if you have the stage memorized. Oh, well, okay, true. But that's like <laughs> saying if you can yeah, fine, fine. You're right. Technically, you're right. That's true. Technically. <laughs> no, I actually I actually enjoy Sonic. I just also enjoy poking fun at it. Yeah. I mean, it's one of my favorite things to do is, is to poke to, fun of the things that you like. Yeah, is to poke fun of the things that I like. Yeah. And ob- objectively say, like, yeah, this thing about this game that I like is bad, but I like it. Yeah, that's how I feel about Sonic. Like I was, I was excited that they announced the, the Sonic, I guess it's quadrilogy that will be coming out sometime next next year. That's that's cool to me. I'm I'm happy for that. I'll, I'll definitely I didn't hear buy about it. that one actually. Yeah, it's like Sonic One, Two, Three, and Knuckles. It's the first time Sonic mm. Three and Knuckles has, well, Sonic, yeah, actually the first time they've been in a collection in a really long time because of all the weird music licensing oh, issues and yeah. all that stuff. Because it's it was half of the team says that. Or some people on the team say that they definitely um, worked with Michael Jackson and his producer. And, and Japan, Sega Japan's like, no, that never happened. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, we would know. Um, but it turns out it really did happen. <laughs> and that for whatever reason, Sega of Japan denies it. It's, it's a very strange story that we can talk about whenever we end up playing through Sonic 3. Yeah. You know, I was thinking, I was looking through my, uh, looking through my Steam library and... Um... 
we both bought the uh the poorly emulated uh Genesis collection mm-hmm. on uh, yeah. on Steam. Is it is it poorly emulated? I don't actually know anything about the emulation. Everybody who was watching when I was playing Spinball was like, this is not what this game is supposed to sound like or look like. Wow, really? And like, I guess I just don't remember. Well, and I, don't hey. know, I don't know how much of that is like, you know, the, the purist being like, well, if you're not playing on a CRT, you know what I mean? <sighs> yeah, that could be it. But, for at least um, an aspect of it. I, apparently, guess... apparently that collection is... Uh, is oft criticized for poor emulation. Yeah, I was going to say, so this is a spoiler for a future podcast, but I, I recently finished Fantasy Star 2, and the right before the final dungeon, the music stops working completely. It just Ooh. breaks. And if you had, so you can save with the special item, and if you save in the dungeon, then reload, the music comes back. Um, but it's such a weird break that if you go to the final dungeon, music stops working, and then you teleport back to the world, the game just crashes. Huh. <laughs> So saying it's bad emulation is, I, I would I would tend to um, agree with whoever is complaining about the emulation. It's probably accurate. Yeah, I don't remember the original game well enough to be able to like actually, <laughs> yeah, to actually like make that case or not. But well, and sometimes know, it's what I heard. sometimes it's a case of fans being overly critical and sometimes it's a case of what are you possibly doing it's 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 really i think we actually talked about this with dragon ball one time where it's how how companies say hey it's like the original cut of dragon ball and then they they release it. it's like well this is not right like stop saying it's stop saying it's this when it's not this you're just trying to sell it to us for reasons that aren't real right and Mm. some people could look at that and say oh that's you're just being overly picky but when you actually look at the images side by side you do see a noticeable difference and if you don't care you just want to see the show or the play the video game in this case you it may not matter yeah. but if if you really appreciate whatever it is then you're going to be more you know it's going to bother you way more right yeah for for my for my part it you know it works yeah i mean you 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 bought I the collection i was able to play for, the game and it was fine yeah you got the collection for $3 and that's that's okay <laughs> yeah that that works for me and maybe but, that's maybe that's bad. Like maybe it's not good to uh, to 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 justify that. But you know, <laughs> it's it's fine. At the very least, there is a uh, you know there is a collection of games that I can now legally use a better emulator on. Yeah. So there's that. But that's <laughs> yeah, true. None of that is the point. <laughs> what I was going to say. You mentioned. Um, you mentioned when we eventually play Sonic. Yeah. You know what came with that collection is Sonic CD. Oh, really? Yeah. It's not in the collection, but you should have it like separately with the purchase as like a as like a separate thing. It's no, in my wait, Steam library. See. Sonic CD. Let me scope it out. Um I have Sonic Adventure DX. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't see Sonic CD in here. Do I not have it somehow? Maybe I have some weird filter. Anyway, Sonic CD. I've never actually played Sonic CD. I have also never actually played Sonic CD. Except for the the opening theme. So, I don't know. Maybe that sometime. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we, I, I, we can do like a whole uh, a whole Sonic Sonic month again. <laughs> We're kind of doing that now. Sort That's of. what I mean. Yeah. This well, is like, it's a, this it's is, a this Sega is more month. Sega. But... Right. You know, yeah. okay. At one point, I would have made the joke right here. They're like, oh, well, Sonic Month basically is Sega Month because, like, what else do they even have? That's It turns that was my out feeling. a lot. Dude, I used to think, okay, 
for a long, long, long time, I was always kind of like, yeah, Sega, whatever. It's fun. They have iconic characters. I don't. They're nothing bad, but they're no Nintendo. Yeah. And then I started to get into more of the Sega franchises, mm-hmm, specifically mm-hmm. Yakuza. Um, sure. Yeah. And now I'm, I'm, I'm slowly like, man, Sega's, Sega's kind of cool. <laughs> I sort of, I sort of get all the love for Sega. I get like, I get that, and then I get mad. <laughs> you know why I get mad? No, tell me. I get mad because they have all of these cool old games in their library that they oh, have geez, the rights yeah. to that are just sitting in the vault. They're just there's so there. many companies that do that. Or They're do just sit, like don't talk like, about they it. Could I know you want to talk about any it. of these things at any time. They would fit perfectly into a genre that is active and healthy right now, and they're just like, nah. Meh. And and the best part is they're probably sitting around trying to think of games that they should make, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like they're like, oh, I wonder what would be a cool thing to make. What kind of what kind of neat action RPG would be fun to create today? A Metroidvania. And you with know, pets. you absolutely know that there are some Sonic Mania style like indie devs who grew up with these games that love them that are now you know accomplished game developers who would know exactly what to do with those games. Yeah exactly how to handle it they would make a fantastic like faithful ex- like version of this game that would be exciting to new and old fans alike nah mm. meh i mean that is, is the that is the the every company like every company that's well known today from from the like from yesteryear mm-hmm. was has has stuff like that like it's square true. enix is sitting on a freaking library of games. That's true. That, that tons of people want a sequel to, or, mm-hmm. or literally just a remaster. Everybody wants the bouncer too. <laughs> yeah, of course. Who doesn't? The the best selling PS2 game. Hmm. Um. Notable even, even, only for being SquareSoft's first game on the PS2. Yeah, and for being horrendous. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I almost bought that game <laughs> just Kyle. because it was SquareSoft's first game on the PS2. Oh, uh, my friend Kyle owns it, and we should play this. We should. Oh my God, we're playing this. We we, okay. we ha- we're playing this for the podcast. Bouncer, the bouncer. No, it's that the bouncer. <laughs> like, yeah, that should happen. You know, it's a game. No, never mind. I was just thinking of bad <laughs> games on consoles. I was, <laughs> I was thinking of that Anduin Chronicles game for a sixty-four. I was like, I don't want to play that. I don't even know what that is. It's like the I, only RPG on 64 that's quote unquote an RPG aside from Paper Mario. Well, you don't you don't count Quest 64? Quest 64 was more of a game where you walk around and hit things with a stick. Yeah, that's true. And that's about it. It's not bad, but it's no, it's bad. It's just it's it's Quest 64. We don't have anything to say about Sonic Spinball, do we? No, I don't. I really don't. Here's my take on Sonic Spinball. It's fun if you like spinball, or it's fun if you like <laughs> if you like pinball. Um, it's fun. It's more fun if you have save states or the ability to rewind time. True. If you don't play the first stage and then t- turn it off, I there's, think there's... that's fair. It, like as much as I, it, I've never really been like into pinball, but like I like the I so I like the machines. I think they're sweet. I'd love to own like a like. Do, do you remember the Terminator Two pinball machine where the plunger was a gun? No, maybe it's freaking cool. Maybe cool. I would buy one of those. I actually okay. I will admit, after playing Sonic Spinball, uh, I looked up pinball machines because I was just curious if you know what they've done with pinball technology. I guess I don't know. Um, and there was a 
a, t- a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pinball machine that was just released that you could buy for the low, low price of far too much money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's, <laughs> but it's, it has like, you can, it has like, I don't know. I, I Okay. I think there's, you can build up your character somehow. Like it has a little save thingy in it where it's like your, your character gets better. You unlock moves that you can use or something. But the best part about it, I thought was, there's this, there's a pizza in the middle of the pinball machine, obviously. Sure. And at some point after you do something, three balls roll out. The, the the pizzas magnetize. They all stick to it. The pizza starts spinning wildly, like just at extreme speeds, and then launches the three balls around the 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 the, the board. Okay. And I was like, that is so fun. That's a and fun way to do a multi ball, actually. Yeah, and so there, there's a couple. There's a few other things that they they did to the to the to the to the the pinball board or whatever. And I was like, man. If I, if I had seven thousand dollars to spend just frivolously, I would think about buying this because this is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I think but that yeah. like it, pinball is one of those things that I appreciate from a distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a couple people in the community that actually like own pinball tables and are like way way into pinball. Well, pinball is one of those one of those um, hobbies that some people take extremely seriously like they'll get mad at you if you use both paddles at once because of technically it's not that happened that happened while i was playing spinball i had like (laughs) i had a uh i had a a couple of instances where sonic clipped through areas he wasn't supposed to and uh one of them he just like clipped through the corner of the like the back side of the flipper Oh yeah, and yeah. I, what I had a chat message come through is like that's what you get for double flipping. Oh my god! Yep, yep. There you go. And I was like, <laughs> and then they they to their credit, they came back and were like, "Listen, that's a bad thing to do in real pinball, but Sonic pinball doesn't care, so don't worry about it." Yeah, no, I, I that I'm I'm sure they weren't being super serious, but you you it is I guess it is one of those activities where people could actually be serious about that. <laughs> no, absolutely, and I, I'm sure if it was an actual uh, if it was an actual uh, pinball game, if like you're on a table, if, you're, if your table if your steel ball clips through the backside of the bumper in a real pinball, there's 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 something else happening. Somebody actually <laughs> said they had a table where the where the ball would jump the flipper sometimes what what dude that like reminds me that would be like on the table like, or something it's like it would just like hop it's <laughs> like adding tripping to smash brothers what a what a great <laughs> idea oh man so that oh that segues into something i can't talk about this week but i i will i will talk about it briefly okay um, i can't do it but that's just it's happening anyways i i i'm just gonna i'm just gonna Give the the cliffs notes of it. So I played yes. uh, Alicia Dragoon. Yes, and will that will be the comp that will be the topic of a future podcast. Um, but you and like three other people were like, "Oh, game arts," and yeah. I was like, "I don't know who game arts is. Like, uh-huh, that's not okay. a that's not a company that is that is familiar to me." Sure. So I looked them up, and I was like, oh, "Okay, they made like Lunar and um and uh, Lunar is the main one for me." Uh, not Gradius, um, Grandia. Yes. And they also apparently made Brawl or helped on, on Smash Brothers Brawl. What? Yeah. They're credited as, as working on Smash Brothers Oh yeah, Super Smash Brothers co-developed with Sora and Nintendo. Yeah. What a mistake. So, you know, I guess blame them for tripping maybe. What the hell? (laughs) 
that's that's the only reason I wanted to bring that up is just because I I read that literally earlier today and I was like, whoa, okay. What an, what an odd company to have <laughs> partnered with. I bet they worked on the subspace emissary. Mm, okay. I hmm, bet that's you that's what it was because they're you know lunar and 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 grandia, so they're primarily um they are primarily a JRPG developer. Correct, yeah. So I would assume that if they and worked on anything in Brawl, it wasn't the core gameplay. It was probably <laughs> the actual, like, RPG stuff. RP- that makes sense. Yeah, they're also well-known for, at least with Grandia, or uh, uh, Lunar um, 2, Lunar 2 Eternal Blue. They had some sweet, like, collector's editions versions, which didn't, I don't mm. remember them costing extra money. It was just, like, what they were doing because it was the, the re-release of the... I thought they originally on Saturn and then they were ported over to PlayStation finally because it was like they, they released the complete versions of them and they came with cool bonus stuff. And I remember being really excited for that because I didn't have a the ability to play them on Saturn. Well, actually, I technically had a, a Saturn. A, f- a friend of mine gave me theirs, but it was sort of broken. And at that time, it didn't really matter because you couldn't buy Saturn games anywhere. Cause, yeah, you know, eBay didn't exist, and I wasn't gonna like you to go. I mean, I guess you could go to like flea markets and stuff, but yeah. And Saturn games were on were actually on sale in stores for like eighteen months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. Well, and if you were to find them, even even then, like game collecting prices now for certain eras of games are just stupid expensive. Yeah, um, but even when like we were kids, like the late nineties, early two thousands, Saturn prices were already high because there were so few copies of them created in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a, there was a, um, there was a magic era in there where like you could get old games because there were a lot of people that didn't know, uh, there were a lot of people that didn't really understand the value. Yeah. Yeah. Some games. games always upheld their value, like, you know, an earthbound or whatever after. Well, yeah, but even still, like there were some places where you could just find something for cheaper than it should have been. Oh, sure. Because because a the person just was like, oh, this is an old game. No one wants it anymore. And there wasn't an there wasn't an eBay market for. Yeah, there wasn't an Internet finding out how long (laughs) this should change. This should cost. Right. Yeah. Well, and the the pricing of apparently it's it's kind of going through a cycle right now where it's it has a lot to do with people's ages. So now the games that we think of as our childhood era games are going super high or like mm-hmm. mid childhood era games, not necessarily super Nintendo. Those ones, I guess some of them are coming down except for the rare ones, but the ones that are skyrocketing right now are the, the more rare ones on the GameCube, um, yeah. PS2 and 64, like some PlayStation games, that kind of stuff. So it's, it's yeah, it's, those ones like what's happening is those games are either getting like, like modern remasters yeah, or remakes or they're being ignored and going way up in price because people want to play them again. Yeah, and, and it's 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 seemingly random how a game. Well, and again, of course, this is all just physical copy stuff, obviously, because that's sure, all that yeah. existed then. It will be interesting to see what happens with the next generation. Like if if PS3 games will be the next game that's rare, right? Like for the longest time, you could get a GameCube game for cheap. Even a rare GameCube game was, you know, probably retail price at highest. Oh. Sure. But now there's GameCube games like Cubivore. It's five hundred dollars or something insane. Yeah. Um. So it's it'll be interesting to see if how maybe not so much PS3, Xbox 360 because they were still mostly physical. But it'll be I'll, I'll be curious to see how PS4 and Xbox One and those games end up doing in twenty years if people 
if the collecting of those will go up. I'm sure there'll still be some that are very rare. Um, I wonder if they'll be more rare because physical copies are harder to come by. For instance, there's a there was a Godzilla game that came out for PS4 in oh yeah yeah like 2014 or or excuse me 15 or 16. No, actually, yeah. it might have been even a little. I early. think it was a little maybe, later than that. Maybe I think it was maybe 17. 18 actually. Yeah. Um. And so this game was bargain bin trash. Like it was a really bad game, and you could walk into a Best Buy and get it for like ten dollars. Yep. But now you can you can sell it on eBay for like $150. Yep. So it goes. It's pretty, pretty, pretty nuts. I wonder, I wonder how much Sonic Spinball's worth. I would imagine not much. Yeah, let's, let's check. I feel I think like there a... are a lot of those. I, I feel like they have a lot of copies out in the wild. And it did sell. It actually of, sold pretty well. Yeah. And there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of ways to get it digitally. I think that one of the big things is like, if there is no way to buy it digitally, then the physical copies become much more valuable. Because then you consolidate, like, if you can buy it digitally for, like, a pretty a pretty normal price, then the only reason to buy it physically is if you want it for a collection. Yeah. Like, the collector, the, the collector mindset is the only thing that really works there. But... So if you were to buy it complete in box, we won't look at the new price, because new prices are always exaggerated. Yeah, that's, it's weird. Um, so the U.S. version is $12. The the if you happen like, to have a PAL version of Sonic Spinball complete in box, it's one hundred and seventy dollars. Interesting. Okay. Oh, that's the PAL Sega Master System. So apparently they had it on oh, the Master yeah, System. Okay. The the Mega Drive is only it's actually only worth ten. So apparently yeah. they they must have been limited quantities of the Master System. For, wow, they made a Master System version of Spinball. Yeah, someone mentioned that, and a, apparently a Game Gear version as well. Yeah, I see. I'm looking at the Game Gear one too. I did not know that. Also, fun fact about this, I am absolutely going to call this uh, podcast Sonic Spinball, mm-hmm. but when I was, when I was um, making I, I know the, what you're going to say. Yeah. <laughs> when I was making the, uh, looking for it in the stream title, Sonic the Hedgehog colon Spinball is the proper name of this game. To be fair, that's only in America. Oh, I'm really? almost positive in Japan, it's just called Sonic Spinball, but America's very scared about branding for us because we're dumb right <laughs> and it might they might be talking about a different sonic yeah you have to make sure it's the hedgehog call it the hedgehog <laughs> i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure i looked up what the um the japanese listing of it was and it's just sonic spin ball i'm not positive i'm See, you know the what thing is, i like, like thinking that it's just sonic the hedgehog spin ball because i i also had that same realization i was like god that sounds stupid is that yep. actually is that what it was in japan too and so then i i don't I, but I thought I looked it up and it was just Sonic Spinball, but it's more fun Even not knowing. Even if it's knowing. not officially that, it could like, <laughs> yeah. you know, it could just still be that. Let's just call it. I mean, it's definitely Sonic the Hedgehog Spinball. No, I refuse. <laughs> I absolutely Better than refuse. Buttersucker, I suppose. That's too late. <laughs> Damn it. It's too late. <laughs> Sonic. The podcast is already named. That lives forever now. <laughs> actually i had forgotten and you reminded me so thanks <laughs> wow <laughs> i suppose that could have just been the ending <laughs> it still can be <laughs> unless you have something i don't we have anything else have to say nothing more to say about sonic spinball <laughs> we talked I it's been 40 point. minutes and 25 of those minutes have been about something else i think more than that what what's what's Hold on. What? How long did we talk about, like, is this the least we've talked about a video game ever? It's pretty close. 
like, I think we talked more about BitTrip Runner or whatever, not Runner, uh, uh, Bitstream. Oh, the cool yeah. Game Boy Advance game. We talked a lot more of, <laughs> about yeah. that. Well, there is more to talk <laughs> about. Stream, That's a weird, as a weird, fun, cool game. I'm sorry. I actually really just, I know we've said it, but I do want to say, I really, I actually really like Sonic Spinball. I just think it's a, it's, it's a game that you don't need to play more than one stage of. Yeah, I, I think, I think Spinball gets worse the more, well, no. You know what? It, you know what's really cool? It does really not cool? get worse in a linear fashion the more you play. No, uh, the second Toxic stage is actually is all right. really good. The second stage is worse, but the third stage is actually pretty cool. Yeah, I was about to say, the second stage is kind of dumb. Like, I didn't like the whole... Okay, okay, I want to... You know what? The the worst... One of the worst mechanics, aside from the final boss, was the the second stage where these birds, like the dumb enemies, oh, the flippies yeah. or whatever. I don't know what the hell they're and called. The steam oh, those room. are the good guys. This, yeah, and you have to bounce on top of them, but there's just a ton of them coming all the time, and you're like, how? what am I supposed to do? And well, and I your momentum even... coming off of them is inconsistent because sometimes you get the bounce off of them, but sometimes you just go straight through them. Yeah, it's a mess. Um, I hated that. That yeah, was dumb. Same. The second stage was the second stage was a, a, a the only thing strictly that saves that the section. The only thing that saves that section is that you, you can't die. You, yeah, there's no real other than just like wasting your time. There's no actual like downside to failing. Yeah, the the third stage has some really cool like some fun little things in it, like the the platform that you sit on that then raises up. Yeah, that's that's cool. cool. Um, what else is in that stage? Uh, it's got, uh, it's got that one room where you hit all the bumpers and it frees all the birds. Oh, that's kind of fun, right? Yeah. Uh, it also has the, oh yeah, I had to make sure I mentioned this. It all, it also has the final boss oh, of yes. that stage that feeds birds into it and then electro electrocutes them into cat skeletons. <laughs> yeah, yes, it does. <laughs> it's, Which a, a is a minor horrifying. continuity error. <laughs> absolutely hey, horrifying sega's for adults okay I, it's it's there for they're for they're for your no, older it's brother. not it's for edgy teenagers it's for you your older that. brother yes not that's absolutely what it is it's I for apologize. you to feel like you're as, as cool as your older brother yeah who's not cool at all <laughs> um geez what else you were the older brother though so I, i'm sorry i was the older brother it's true um that's why i didn't play sega <laughs> You know, you know what is interesting is that Sega actually had the market share. Like they they were in a they were in a like a I think when people looked at like the numbers. They were in like a dead heat with Nintendo at the at their height, right? Yeah, they were it was like 55 Sega um 55 45 Sega and then they were like I've got an idea. Let's create a bunch of attachments to our console. Mhm. question mark. And then yes. they're like, okay, that didn't work. Let's make a new system. Scratch that. Let's make another new system. In the well, in the in the span of like three years, it was totally psycho. They had the Saturn in development, but then and that that was like a consistent thing. But they kept pulling resources away from it to make the to make the little like band aid attachments. Yeah, dude. So actually, the the Sonic because they were like, the Sega... oh, the Saturn's not going to come out fast enough. Yeah. So so the the I didn't talk about. I don't think I talked about this last week. But part of the reason Comic Zone was getting pushed is that they hadn't the the they they have not the american half of the sci hadn't made anything since spinball and they're like hey you got to do something and they're like well god we've been pulled all over the place like they're supposed to be making stuff for the 32x they're supposed to be doing stuff with the sega cd all these things and then that's the comic zone came out but it was at the end of everything so nobody cared anymore um 
so yeah, you're right. It's it's Sega was just pulling people in every which way, and then they were like, we we've kind of we kind of threw everything away. Now we now we have like five percent of the market at the end of yeah. the Dreamcast, right? Like it was they really they really just well tank to hard. zero because they just you know jumped well, out sure, of the sure. jumped out of the uh, the hardware business altogether. But yeah, it's it's really sad. It's just and that's the it's the result of having a, a reactive uh a reactive management where what they don't re- really have any vision they're just looking at what everyone else is doing and then and then just like freaking out and, and reacting to it and being well, like okay we have to do something about this and it's strange to be a reacting when it's it's strange when you think about the fact that they were reacting to potential tre- future trends when they were ahead yeah, that's that's an exactly. odd that's an odd position to hold. Like, why would you right? React you are that in the way? position to set the trend. But you're <laughs> so chill out. worried about someone <laughs> coming up from behind. Yeah, I mean, like, dude, the 32x was a was a an overreaction it's to an them feeling like they needed to compete with the Atari Jaguar. Yeah, dude. I, I will say I own a 32x. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. And I'm a sorry. Sega CD. I don't own a game for the 32X. There was no... I don't even know why I have a 32X. Nobody knows. There's nobody no knows. There's like There's like eight reasons to own a 32X, and only like two of them are any good. God. I, th- I don't even know what came out on the 30... What, what is a 32X exclusive? I think there was maybe a fighting game. What's the fighting game with dinosaurs that people like? Killer um, Instinct? Yeah, I think that was maybe or no, one. Not no, Primal Rage. Primal Rage, Primal Rage. Yeah. Um, what is an a 32x exclusive? I, I, there's probably like 30 games or something like that. I'm, I bet you is Afterburner one of them. I will read you the entire list of 32x games. Exclusives. Exclusives. Okay. Uh, I don't know if these are all. Ex- oh wait. Require Sega CD. I don't understand. So wait, some 32x games required the Sega CD also? Evidently. Oh yeah, I'm look. Oh Fahrenheit. I'm looking at this is one that's a Sega CD, Sega X CD, both discs included. What? Yeah, everything I'm seeing here, like this, this list doesn't have them. Uh, this list doesn't make by sense. whether they're whether they're exclusive or not. But I know for a fact that a bunch of these came out on other on other consoles. Yeah. Like Blackthorn. Yeah. By uh, Blackthorn, like... Oh, yeah, Blackthorn. By by far Blizzard Entertainment's most successful game. Right, yes. It's the one that put them on the map. Like, of course, Doom is on there, of course. There's a crap ton of... uh, There's a crap ton of sports games that I know were everywhere else. Pitfall, The Mayan Adventure, which I played on (laughs) Super Nintendo. I know... I know NBA this is Jam Tournament Edition, which is on everything. Mortal Kombat 2, which is on everything. I, I, I know this is a fine title in context, but <laughs> this is this is a great video game title. <laughs> I put it in Discord for you if you would like to read it. Golf Magazine. This is this is the name of the game. Golf <laughs> Magazine colon thirty six great holes starring Fred Couples. <laughs> If you put anything else before that colon, it would be in a, it would be a completely different game. Yep, that's where I was going with it. Or film. Well, yeah, I think probably film. Oh Jesus! Oh yeah, Night Trap was no, that was Sega CD though. That was also Sega CD. 
I don't know. I just know, I, I remember having my Genesis with a 32X plugged in on top with Sonic and Knuckles with Sonic 2 on top of that. <laughs> oh, there we go. It says actually right at the Wikipedia page actually says a total of 40 titles were produced worldwide. Okay. Um, I don't know how this works out. I guess some of them released in, in multiple multiple uh in multiple locations but um there were 36 games that released in north america 10 of which were exclusives okay 27 in the pal region two of which were exclusives all right 18 in japan one exclusive holy crap so 36 holes is probably one of those american i'm gonna guess 36 great holes is a purely american thing (laughs) although you'd be surprised it sounds kind of japanese (laughs) It, it, you'd be surprised. Japan's actually kind of in the Gulf. Like, joking <laughs> aside. <laughs> Throwing an octopus and it's a bestseller. It's All the right. future of Valis. We're done here. <laughs> Super Valis no, 4, though. No, or no, no, no. That's Sonic Spinball is fine. Stages 1 and 3 are good. Stages 2 and 4 are kind of trash. The final <laughs> boss is awful. It's Pinball. It's Sonic Pinball. It's fine. You, if at the very least, listen to the music if, either at the beginning or the end of this podcast for 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 my favorite part because I just I, I like the first I like the first stage music a lot. It, yeah, it's right here. It's it's happening now. Okay, okay. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>